This is the Capital Literature Podcast, bringing you investment letters in audio. The Capital Literature Podcast is a SEBITS capital service for the investment community. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. All rights belong to the respective owners. L1 Capital Long Short Fund, First Quarter, 2022 the L1 Long Short Fund portfolio returned 11.3%, net one for the March quarter, as 200i 2.2%. The portfolio performed very strongly due to a number of positive company updates during reporting season, together with long exposures to resources and short positions in overvalued high PE stocks. The L1 Capital Long Short Strategy has been the best performing Australian long short strategy over one, three, five and seven year periods and since inception in 2014.2. We invite you to join Mark Landau for a LSF Investor webinar where he will discuss portfolio positioning and the outlook for equity markets at 11 a.m. est on Thursday 19th of May. Please register here on this link page. Global equity markets suffered their worst quarterly drop in two years since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic in early 2020, NASDAQ 9.0%, MSCI World minus 5.2%, S&P 500 minus 4.6%. Markets were impacted by Russia's attack on Ukraine, as well as ongoing concerns over an imminent tightening of monetary policy from central banks. The ASX 200 had a small gain over the quarter, plus 2.2%, with the strongest sectors comprising energy, plus 28.6%, materials, plus 15.4%, and utilities plus 14.1%, while information technology, minus 13.7%, healthcare, minus 10.1%, and consumer discretionary, minus 9.6%, lagged. The portfolio performed exceptionally well over the quarter with 17 individual stock positions each contributing half a percent or more to returns. The outperformance was driven by four key aspects. Positive reporting season slash company updates, Detailed, bottom-up stock picking remains the focus of the investment team and the key driver of performance. This quarter highlighted several examples of the team identifying winners over the reporting season. Some examples include, SES, positive earnings guidance and increased dividends, Challenger, solid half-year result update, Smart Group, strong free cash flow generation with a large special dividend, and CK Hutchison, resilient earnings with significant flexibility for capital returns. Energy and commodities exposure. In early March, global energy and commodity prices soared to the highest level since 2008 as the market reacted to potential disruptions in supply from the Russia-Ukraine conflict. We have been positive on these sectors over the past 12 months, given our favorable view of supply and demand, along with our belief that these sectors would outperform in a higher inflation environment. The portfolio's ability to invest internationally and identify the best companies globally to leverage our research insights was a significant advantage over the quarter and drove additional returns. An example of this is the outperformance of our international copper positions relative to domestic peers, where tech resources, plus 40%, and capstone, plus 27%, significantly outperformed the two large cap ASX copper stocks, Sandfire, minus 14%, and Oz Minerals, minus 5%. Shorts in COVID-19 winners and ultra-high PE stocks, our short positions have been very strong contributors to returns over the quarter and the past 12 months. 
Two areas we have been short are high multiple, concept stocks that are many years away from profitability and consumer discretionary companies that have been significant COVID-19 beneficiaries. The companies we shorted had major negative catalysts, such as a large sales or earnings miss or new competitive threats that were not expected by shareholders. Ultra-high PE stocks have derated significantly as interest rates have risen and the market has, finally, focused on profitability and cash generation. Despite this correction, we continue to see ongoing downside risk in many of these names. Figure 1 shows the Goldman Sachs Non-Profitable Tech Index. While the index has corrected sharply in 2022, it remains well above pre-COVID-19 levels. For some technology businesses there has been a step change in user adoption and growth through this period, which supports a higher valuation, however, there are many other examples of lower quality names where tailwinds have been transitory in nature and where we see expensive share prices, combined with decelerating trends presenting large downside risk. If these share prices were to return to their pre-COVID peak levels, it would imply a further 30% downside to these shares, despite already falling 50% since February 2021. From a consumer discretionary standpoint, there are numerous COVID-19 winners where the share prices have more than doubled in the last two years but their business models have not structurally improved. Our view is that the market had not appropriately reflected a normalization in demand for these companies as economies reopen, stimulus measures roll off and inflation impacts become more pronounced. We have started to see this play out in several of our short positions such as Peloton, Logitech and Williams-Sonoma which each fell more than 30% while we were short the stock. 4. Mergers and Acquisitions We have written extensively about our optimistic expectations for the M&A cycle and how we expected this to be a tailwind for the portfolio given our skew to undervalued companies that have strategic appeal. The portfolio benefited from two takeover offers during the quarter, Simic received a bid from its parent company Hocktief at a 33% premium, while Turquoise Hill received a bid from its majority shareholder, Rio Tinto, at a 32% premium. We continue to remain positive on the M&A cycle with numerous industry data points indicating deal pipelines at or above 2021 levels which was a record year for M&A. Current geopolitical tensions may dampen near-term deal volume, however, we expect this to rebound quickly as markets stabilize. For further information on individual stocks positions that contributed to performance over the quarter, please refer to page 6. Portfolio Positioning We build our portfolio on a bottom-up basis from our company and industry research, selecting stocks that represent the best combination of value and quality. However, when we step back and look at the major themes and opportunity sets we see at present, they broadly fall into four key themes. U.S. Sports Betting and Gaming for example Flutter and Intane. This part of our portfolio has underperformed over the last six months, with the market concerned about two key aspects 1. Impacts from the upcoming UK regulatory review and 2. Competitive intensity in the US sports betting market. The UK regulatory review has been ongoing for more than two years and has been a significant overhang on UK listed gaming stocks. A government white paper is due to be published in May 2022 which will provide much-needed clarity for the industry. While the market is focused on near-term uncertainty regarding the impact, what is overlooked is that UK revenues are only a minority of both Flutter and Intain's revenues, tilde 29% for Flutter and tilde 21% for Intain. We factor in a material impact from adverse regulation in our base case, however, 
We still see compelling value in both stocks given their strong global growth profile. On the U.S. sports betting and gaming side, irrational promotions by some players over the NFL season in Q4 2021 raised concerns about the long-term viability and profitability of the industry. We have seen promotion levels moderate considerably in 2022 even with a highly competitive market, we believe Flutter and Intain are best placed to succeed versus peers. Both companies have the best technology and most efficient operations in terms of customer acquisition costs, CAC, relative to long-term customer value, LTV, which sets them up to be profitable in the U.S. market in the next 12 to 18 months, well ahead of competitors. Flutter and Intain also have the ability to fund U.S. growth from their highly cash-generative European and Australian businesses without the need to raise external capital. We are incredibly excited about the U.S. market with huge structural growth forecasted over the next few years. The market more than doubled in 2021, growing from $3 billion U.S. dollars to $8 billion U.S. dollars between 2020 to 2021, and is expected to be larger than $20 billion U.S. dollars by 2025, refer to figure 2. We expect the market could be close to $50 billion U.S. dollars at maturity due to the growth of in-place sports betting and iGaming, which would be more than 6x the size of the UK, the next largest regulated market. By owning Flutter, FanDuel, and Intain, BetMGM, we own the two leading players in the market, with a combined market share of over 50% across sports betting and a gaming combined, refer to figure 3. We believe both companies are very undervalued at only 16x FY23 PE for Intain and 18x FY23 PE for Flutter, despite our expectation of extremely strong earnings growth over the next decade. Energy, for example Santos and Cenevis. We have been positive on both new energy, from tailwinds in electrification, sustainability and decarbonization, as well as old energy, where we believe there has been structural underinvestment in oil supply that is going to exacerbate the tightness of the market over the next one to two years. Given the huge share price rally in new energy-exposed stocks, lithium-slash-rare earths, we have trimmed and exited most of our exposure in this sector. We continue to remain very positive on old energy, with our key positions factoring in long-term prices far below what we think is likely. Over the past 18 months, we have talked about our bullish outlook and how, at sub $40 slash barrel, oil prices had reached an extreme low that was unsustainable. This view was very contrarian at the time, and we have seen a shift in consensus sentiment as oil prices have now risen to around $100 slash barrel. Energy equities remain under-owned, with their weighting in the S&P 500 currently only tilted 3.9%, far below the tilted 10% level it averaged from 2007 to 2014. We believe prices could remain elevated for much longer than expected. Oil inventories are currently at historical lows, following 20 consecutive months of oil demand being larger than production, refer figure 4 over the page. However, the ability to increase supply remains constrained, with market spare capacity declining significantly, following a decade of underinvestment due to lower oil prices, ESG pressure, COVID-related disruptions and pressure to increase cash returns to shareholders. Figure 5 on the next page highlights this underinvestment, with capital expenditure spending by the oil majors dropping by roughly $40 billion US dollars or tilde 25% in 2020 and 2021 relative to 2019 levels. The Russia-Ukraine conflict adds further risk to supply. 
Russia is the world's third largest oil producer with the conflict leading to many countries looking to reduce their reliance on Russian exports and prioritize energy security going forward. Vaccine recovery slash reopening, for example Qantas and Webjet. We believe that vaccine success and the shift of COVID-19 from the pandemic to endemic phase has only been partially reflected in some share prices. As the recovery gains traction and operational momentum accelerates, we expect a valuation re-rating to follow for our reopening positions. Many of these stocks are trading at the same share price as six months ago, however the outlook is far better now and an inflection in operating metrics looks imminent. Looking at the change in global airline capacity as a proxy for the reopening, figures 6 and 7 below illustrate airline capacity and expected increases for the next few months based on forward bookings. Domestic capacity is currently 15% below 2019 levels. However, forward capacity estimates indicate this should trend above pre-pandemic levels over the next quarter. International airline capacity is tilted 35% below 2019 levels, with forward capacity estimates expected to see this narrow to roughly 20% over the next few months. In the U.S., traveler throughput is already at 90% of pre-pandemic levels, with solid forward booking supporting a continued recovery. This provides a strong leading indicator for the shape of the recovery in Australia over the next six months. Global reflation, for example QBE and Hudbay Minerals. One year ago, we spoke in detail about our expectation of a large increase in inflation and that we believed inflation would be far higher and more persistent than the consensus view and would overshoot relative to central bank expectations. Figure 8 below shows how extreme this reassessment of inflation expectations has been. Consensus expectations have now quadrupled from tilde 2% 12 months ago, when we mentioned our expectation of much higher inflation, to close to 8% currently. We expect the U.S. Federal Reserve, the Fed, to raise interest rates aggressively to counter these impacts, with the market currently forecasting 225 basis points of interest rate hikes over the remainder of the year, compared to an expectation 75 to 100 basis points only a few months ago. We continue to maintain long positions in gold, commodities, financials and low PE stocks, along with short positions in ultra-high PE stocks, which we believe is logical from a pure valuation perspective, but also provides an effective way to hedge against persistent inflationary pressure and a central bank tightening cycle. This portfolio setting is supported by the last extended high inflationary period the market has experienced, 1973 to 1983, where gold, Commodities and value stocks dramatically outperformed, as shown in Figure 9. From a financials perspective, we currently prefer exposure to insurance over banks. Banks will be a clear beneficiary of rising rates with net interest margins likely to benefit, however, we see some offsets from greater competition within the industry, due to the rise of mortgage brokers, non-bank lenders and neobanks, increases in bad debts, from essentially a zero base today and continued regulatory and capital scrutiny. Outlook We expect equity markets to remain volatile due to geopolitical tensions, the ongoing fragility of global supply chains, reduction in central bank liquidity and increasing interest rates. We see the challenge facing the Fed as particularly complex in the current environment. The Fed is one of the few central banks in the world that operates under a dual mandate that targets both full employment and price stability relative to most central banks that simply target price stability. Following an unprecedented level of fiscal and monetary support, U.S. employment levels have rebounded strongly and are now back to pre-COVID-19 levels.
However, in achieving this outcome, we have fed policy settings that would be more appropriate in an economic depression, rather than for an overheated economy facing the highest inflation levels in 40 years. The Fed now, surely, realizes it is way behind the curve and had begun to lose credibility in combating inflation. As a result, the Fed has begun talking very tough on the measures they are planning to take to combat inflation as a means of restoring credibility and in an attempt to avoid a wages prices spiral that would be terrible for society and markets in general. This hawkish rhetoric led to a surge in bond yields with the U.S. 10-year yield rising 80 basis points over the quarter, figure 10 on the next page. The risk for the Fed is that by falling behind the curve and now having to overcompensate with a more aggressive and sudden tightening path, they do more damage to business and consumer confidence and ultimately trigger a stagflationary period, which is essentially the worst of all economic worlds, low or negative real economic growth combined with persistently high inflation. Bond markets have reflected some of this risk, with two-year bond yields moving above 10-year bond yields, i.e. yield curve inversion, refer to figure 11. Yield curve inversion has historically been viewed as a strong indicator that tighter monetary policy will slow growth, potentially leading to an economic recession. This historical relationship does not always hold true, but is an important flag for investors to do more research to assess the likelihood of going into a recession. It may still be possible for the Fed to achieve a soft landing, i.e. moderating inflation without destroying economic growth, however, the execution risks are clearly heightened, particularly when overlaying geopolitical risks from the Russia-Ukraine conflict, ongoing supply chain disruptions, political gridlock in the U.S. and lingering COVID-19 restrictions and lockdowns in China. We believe the above factors raise the prospect of more modest index returns over the coming years, however, we continue to remain very positive about the outlook for the portfolio. Periods of heightened market volatility, while unnerving, typically present us with outstanding opportunities to generate alpha for our shareholders as stock prices disconnect from fundamental valuations. Given our expectation of more muted market returns, we think bottom-up stock picking will become an even more important driver of returns for all investors going forward, making our rigorous company research even more valuable. In addition to this, we believe the portfolio's ability to adjust exposure to reflect the prevailing risk-reward of the market, to short stocks that are overvalued and to exploit insights overseas, not just in Australia, enables us to deliver attractive returns despite the more difficult market backdrop. Key Stock Contributors for the Quarter Tech Resources, long plus 40%, performed well following a strong earnings quarter driven by increasing commodity prices and an acceleration in the company's copper production profile. Tech continues to progress the construction of one of the world's largest copper mines, QB2, which is expected to reach commercial production in late 2022. This comes at a time when the world continues to become short copper due to ongoing grade declines at major copper mines globally combined with medium-term demand support from expansion of the electricity grid in the developing world, along with a structural shift to electric vehicles. Tech has been a very strong performer for the portfolio, and with the share price quadrupling over the past two years we decided to exit the position during the quarter. Shopify, short minus 51%, is a Canadian software company that enables small and medium-sized businesses to easily manage an online shopfront. The company performed extremely well during COVID-19 as businesses moved to an online model, driving up subscriptions and consumers shopped more online, driving up payment volumes. We began shorting Shopify in December 2021 at 
$1,360 per share, a price which we saw as very overvalued despite some demonstrable strengths at the company. There were also growing risks of a significant slowdown in Shopify's growth in 2022 from a general economic reopening and from the emergence of well-funded copycat platforms. Shopify, like many ultra-high PE stocks, also derated as a result of higher bond yields which essentially reduced the present value of long-duration cash flows that are many years or decades in the future. In February, the share price fell 28% with the company announcing disappointing revenue results and admitting that growth will be challenging in 2022 on the back of lower advertising revenue as reopening activity and stimulus dissipated. We covered our short at around $880 per share, locking in a tilt of 35% profit on the short position. Worley, long plus 21%, shares rose during the quarter due to the continued recovery in oil prices and sentiment to the oil services sector. At its half-year result, Worley also noted its backlog and headcount were starting to rebuild after a COVID-disrupted 2020 and 2021. With a renewed focus on energy security, oil prices above $100-barrel and multiple years of underinvestment, we believe Worley's conventional energy business should start to see tailwinds in CapEx spending over the next 12 months. In addition, Worley is uniquely positioned to benefit from the global energy transition and the significant industry investment that is likely to be made in hydrogen, carbon capture and renewable energy. We believe Worley is in the early stages of the pivot to green energy opportunities, with the market incorrectly viewing the stock as a structurally challenged oil and gas engineering contractor. Santos, long plus 23%, rallied in line with a strong oil price and on the back of completing its merger with Oil Search in late 2021. We retained our interest in Oil Search, which has now converted into Santos shares post-merger. In our view, the combined business, led by the highly regarded Santos management team, is well-placed to outperform. Key upside drivers include strong organic cash flow generation supported by high oil and gas prices, the potential to deliver merger synergies above guidance and catalysts from partial asset sales in both Papua New Guinea and Alaska. Simic, long plus 30%, shares rallied following a takeover offer from its majority shareholder Hoktif at $22 per share, a tilde 33% premium to the unaffected share price. Simic has a dominant market position in the delivery of large-scale infrastructure projects, with the majority of its construction work linked to government projects with favorable exposure to post-COVID-19 infrastructure spending increases. We elected to exit our position given the share price was trading in line with the offer price and we did not expect any competing bid to emerge. Rio Tinto, long plus 19%, shares performed strongly after announcing record FY21 results that were underpinned by rising prices in iron ore, aluminium and copper. Rio Tinto is structured across four main segments, namely, iron ore, aluminium, copper and minerals, with iron ore remaining its key exposure and accounting for over 60% of revenue. We continue to believe the company is undervalued, trading on an FY22 PE of only 7x and offering a fully frank dividend yield close to 10%. Rio Tinto also has further tailwinds from a positive commodity price backdrop given the supply disruptions from the Russia-slash-Ukraine conflict and the likelihood of economic stimulus from the Chinese government. SES, long plus 18%, Shares rallied over the quarter after the company announced the receipt of a 170 million US dollars payment from Verizon to accelerate USC band clearing, which facilitates the rollout of 5G in the US. 
This was one of the monetization opportunities we highlighted in our previous reports. SES also announced an agreement to acquire DRS Global Enterprise Solutions, a retailer of satellite services to the U.S. government. We think the deal has sound strategic logic and will be highly EPS accretive over time. We believe SES remains extremely undervalued due to the limited value that the market currently ascribes to the scheduled C-band spectrum payments. SES is set to receive a further $2.4 billion US dollars in cash payments, after tax, over the next two years, amounting to tilde 60% of the company's current market cap. Turquoise Hill, long plus 80%, is a mining company focused principally on the development of the Oyu Tolgoi copper gold mine in southern Mongolia, which is expected to become a top-tier copper producer by 2024-2025. During March, Rio Tinto, the majority shareholder in Turquoise Hill, made a 2.7 billion Canadian dollars cash offer, 34 Canadian dollars per share, a 32% premium on the pre-offer share price, to buy out minority shareholders, seeking full control of the operation. We have followed the OU Tolgoi project closely for many years as it is one of the most exciting copper developments globally, however, it has been impacted by several cost blowouts, construction delays and disputes with the Mongolian government. In late January, the government of Mongolia reached an agreement with Rio Tinto and Turquoise Hill to move the project forward, resetting the relationship between the partners. We saw the agreement as a significant milestone to clear the path forward for project completion. The offer from Rio Tinto reaffirms our constructive view on Oyu Tolgoi, as well as our positive view on long-term copper demand. Key Stock Detractor for the Quarter Flutter, long minus 24%, shares fell after reporting UK and Ireland earnings below consensus expectations as well as flagging a potential. £60 million revenue impact from its Russia and Ukraine operations due to the current conflict. The softer performance in the UK and Ireland was primarily driven by adverse sports results during the final quarter and from the proactive implementation by flutter of safer gambling measures ahead of the UK Gambling Regulatory Review, due to be released in May 2022. As the leading player in the market, we believe flutter is taking early action to mitigate the potential impact from the review. We continue to believe clarity on the regulatory outcome will ultimately remove a key overhang on the stock. On the U.S. sports betting and gaming side, there were numerous comments across the industry on the ramp-up in competitive intensity and increase in acquisition costs for customers over the key NFL season. Flutter's U.S. operations, comprising FanDuel and FoxBet, generated tilde 50% more revenue in FY21 than its nearest competitor but at half the estimated EBITDA losses. Flutter incurs temporary losses due to ramp-up investment in newly opened states. The company outlined a blended U.S. customer acquisition cost, CAC, of $291 per customer and a payback of 1.2x by the end of year one and reaffirmed its target to be EBITDA positive in the U.S. in 2023. This gives us confidence that despite strong competition, Flutter remains best placed to achieve profitability ahead of competitors, and will continue to consolidate its leading position in the U.S. sports betting market. Trading on only 18x consensus FY23 PE, we think Flutter remains significantly undervalued given the decade of strong growth the company has ahead of it. We have used the recent share price fall to add to our position.